Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, turn my mic on. Good morning. Hello. Hello, welcome in. Happy Thursday to you all. I'm Kyle Madsen. That's James Ham. We're hanging out with you until 2 o'clock on the Insiders. Typically, we're on 10 to noon. No D-Lo and KC this week. They will be back, they will be back Tuesday, taking the holiday week off, and good for them. They have certainly earned it, both D-Lo and KC, and of course, uh, the great Jesse Tapio, who is on the ones and twos for that program. Uh, they will be back with you next week. James and I, though, taking advantage. We said, hey, we're stealing two of those hours, and we're hanging out 10 to 2 instead of our normal 10 to noon. And we had one of my favorite types of sports conversations this morning, James. Oh? we Seriously, you didn't know as it was happening, but I was really, really having a great time as we were sitting here prepping. So the way the way it goes for me in the morning is I come in here and I sit down, I get all my stuff done, I go through the rundown, I kind of lay everything out. And then the most important part of show prep, and this is for anybody here who wants to get into radio at some point, the most important part of prep is that like hour to 45 minutes before a show where you can just sit down and just chat. It might be about what you have on the show. It might be about something that happened during the day. It might be about something you saw last night, something that may not be on the rundown. And you just kind of talk. And that's the, that's where the most... And we got into the Hall of Fame discussion because the 15 Pro Football Hall of Fame finalists were announced yesterday. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to see if this is the year that Patrick Willis, former 49ers linebacker, gets in. He's the only former 49er who made the list of finalists. That's pretty crazy. It is a little bit. Like, but Ricky Waters, to me, eh. No. Like, Ricky Waters not getting in is, isn't that crazy. Ricky Waters, I, I actually hung out with in the green room at NBC and, um, like, talked, just talked sports with for, like, an hour one day. That's really cool. Um, one time when I was at 95.7... One of the producers thought he had a number for Ricky Waters, and so he called him to get him on air, and it was not Ricky Waters, and the person was not happy that they were being ringed on the phone. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were, yeah, yeah, all sorts of swear words thrown at uh, thrown at uh, my guy, John Curley. Have, uh, <laughs> have I ever told you the story about Bill Romanowski in the green room no, at NBC? No, but please tell. Okay, Hang so- on real quick, real quick. Before we hear that, the, my, my favorite kind of sports conversation was us just going back through yes. like old players and, hey, this guy's a top three receiver for me. Like, eh, I don't know. And just going through and just, hey, this old player, let's talk about his stats. Yeah. It was just a classic like sports conversation. We didn't do analytics. We didn't do watch the tape. It was just like, bro, here's what I remember seeing from this guy. Here's what I think of this guy. Here's where he ranks all the time. It was just a really great fun conversation, but not nearly as fun as literally any story about Bill Romanowski. Okay, so get ready with your bell. 
Oh, oh so oh, I was hang on, sitting. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Pause, 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 pause. All right. Pause, like like play pause, not because you said something. Pause worthy. Okay, here we go. I got my bell ready. Okay, so I was down covering a game in at, at the the station at at, at NBC, NBC Sports. Mm-hmm. And the old green room, not the the current green room, which is like some sort the of Xfinity Center. Or whatever yeah, it's it is. it's it's yeah. not really a green room. It's like some room where they come in and put video cameras on you, and you feel awkward. The old green room was uh, was like not nearly as posh and nice, mm-hmm. but it was cool. So I was sitting there with Bobby Jackson because we were doing the show, mm-hmm. and we were sitting like up against a wall. And like facing, there's a giant mirror there, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lady who who does makeup there, who's phenomenal. I mm-hmm. I typically wouldn't do makeup because I I don't feel comfortable wearing makeup on, and it itches. Like I, you know, I, dude, I super I, pasty. When I used to do theater, and they'd put makeup on, like the urge to touch my face. Oh yeah, the whole time you like, I just right because you feel yeah. there's something on your face, and your instinct is to wipe it off. <sighs> I hate it. Sorry, well, then, keep going. Then you have some people come in and they literally like get airbrushed every single day. And you're sitting there like, that is crazy. That's a lot of makeup. So <laughs> Bobby Jackson and I are sitting there and we're talking and there's a giant mirror. And again, the the makeup lady is not there at this moment, but Bill Romanowski comes in <laughs> and like, hey, what's up guys? And we're like, hey, how's it going? He turns around and his back is to us, but we're watching him in the mirror because he's right there. Okay. And he starts looking at his hair. And I mean, you can imagine Bill Romanowski with his, the intensity of Bill Romanowski. He's staring at himself in the mirror. And we're like, I look at Bobby and Bobby looks at me. We're like, okay, this is odd. Dude grabs a can of hairspray. <laughs> oh, no. And literally shake, 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 shake. And we're like, okay. This, I mean, everything Bill Romanowski does is intense. The Bill Romanowski has the personality of, you know the sound a muscle car makes when you rev the engine? Yes. That's Bill Romanowski's personality all of the time. So, no Kyle, what. he's staring in the mirror. He's Whoa. got his can. He's shaking his can. And all of a sudden, <laughs> he is going at his head with a can of hairspray like no one I have ever seen in my entire life. This goes on for like 30 seconds, <laughs> 40 seconds, a minute. Me and Bobby Jackson, are, we're literally watching this dude go crazy putting hairspray on, and then it's empty. Boom, chucks it in the trash, grabs another can, starts hitting another it again. Can? Other can? Other hand, other hand, other side. Someone cut that. Uh, Yeah, wild, 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 wild. The whole entire room smells like Aquanet. There's like a cloud. <laughs> there's a cloud around him. <laughs> Bobby and I are sitting. And then, boom, he's gone out the door. And I look at, me and Bobby are like, what just happened? <laughs> what, what? Like we've never seen anything like this. What? Not a hair out of place, boys. What in the <laughs> world just happened? That dude is intense. It, you know, I've sat in the green room with plenty of people and had a, like great conversations, but I've never seen anything like that before. That is why I loved working with Doug Christie, um, yep. because Doug never. I, I don't want to say, very rarely went back and watched the game in the green room. He would always sit out yeah. in the newsroom 
I was a PA. Okay. I was like, there's intern and then PA, like a step above intern. And really interns did more. So I was the like lowest on the totem pole there. Right. So I, the, the PA, if you're, if you're unfamiliar, you make like the Chirons, like the graphics you see. So if De'Aaron Fox passes Mike Bibby on the all-time Kings, all-time assist list, the person who makes that graphic for post game is the PA, right? You get the info, you put it all together, you format it all that. Okay. So typically like I didn't talk to anybody. I, I, w- I couldn't get the time of day from Brody Brazil, from uh, Dave Stewart, from Ding. Bip Roberts. Oh yeah, no, Ding. no. But this is me saying those people wouldn't talk to me. They were just in the same <laughs> building as me. Doug, any question you had, answered it. Any thought you had on a player, like, hey, I'm not really sure if player X can play. And he'd be like, eh, and he'd give you his like just unfiltered thoughts on that player. I ran through the the uh, what was fascinating was the 2002 Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. I went through the Mike Bibby play with him. Oh, because so Bibby gets elbowed. They, he fouls Kobe. Kobe. He fouls Kobe with his nose, and then they inbound it to Kobe. And Doug was the one who ran over and fouled Kobe after that. And I'm like, hey, I didn't realize this was you. I was expecting Doug to come over and be like, I remember every second of this. Da 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 da. He was like, oh yeah, that's right. He did. He did get get Bibby with the elbow. Like you don't remember this? Like very clearly. I was shocked. I was really shocked. So this is how I don't know how we never like met at NBC because I drove Doug to almost every single game, right? Every single right, like in studio. Mm-hmm. I mean, one year it was twenty five, one year it was twenty six, one year it was twenty seven games I did in mm-hmm. studio. Doug was I drove because I got reimbursed for mileage and Doug didn't. They would put Doug up in a hotel, but they wouldn't put oh, me in a hotel. Got it. Okay, but you got reimbursed for mileage. But I got reimbursed for mileage, so it was me who had to drive all the way, like, but only from the arena to the station and back to the arena, so I wouldn't get it all the way to my home. It, it's stupid. Like, so I I got a hundred dollar reimbursement for every time I drove down. Okay, uh, maybe it's a hundred and ten, sure. including the bridge toll. Sure, uh, but I didn't get it all the way to my home, which is another fifty five miles each way. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. where I'm confused how we didn't hang out because we never went in the green room. We usually sat around a TV. Yeah, yeah. We'd pull a chair up and sometimes we'd pull two chairs up mm-hmm. and then we would sit there and watch the game. Um, I think it's because I have a per like a what's the word I'm looking for? A crippling fear of bothering people. <laughs> I don't and care. And when someone's, well, I know that now. If I knew, if I knew that you are the person you are, I would have just caught up. It. But like the idea of walking, I had this happen. I'm not going to name the writer, but it was a person who covered the A's, and I was covering A's fan fest for uh, a place I used to. Work. Well, I can only imagine because I think I had this exact same experience with that writer, and was like taken aback and thought, "Wow, you're not very nice, D- dude." You're not very nice. I went up and I, I'm doing. I'm. I am scared out of my mind. I'm there to get sound and to to have it for the radio. Like that's all I'm doing. I asked a couple of questions. Super nervous. I'm 20. It's before the 2012 season, so I'm 21. Never done anything like this. I am terrified. Yeah. Right. It is a step above Sac State football. And uh, with there's finally a break. Like there's no players in. There's. And I walk up to this writer because I want to introduce myself. I want to try and make that connection. I want to ask a couple of questions just about kind of covering baseball because that's what I wanted to do at the time. And I go, hey, excuse me, do you have a minute? And they turn around and they go, actually, no, I'm working. And then just went back. 
not like a, hey, you know what? Not right now. Just eye contact, actually know I'm working, and then bang, back to it. I walked, I, I'm, I'm oh. pretty sure we can compare notes. I'm pretty sure oh. the same person I walked up after a game or during, maybe it was right at the end, near the end of a game, and just said, hi, I'm James Ham." And I got, my response was, I know who you are. I'm on deadline and turn back. I was like, oh, oh my God. Hey, no, it's definitely the same person. <laughs> like, We're definitely talking about the oh, same Wow. Like, I'm a huge fan, a huge fan of that writer, too. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hopefully, the only one, the only one that heard that. Somebody said, somebody in in the YouTube chat, youtube.com slash ESPN1320, if you want to jump in the chatty house. Also, twitch.tv slash ESPN1320. We're also streaming live on YouTube at ESPN1320, and now with the system we use, when you, you can comment on the video on Twitter and it shows up in the chatty house. Oh. So wherever you're watching, you can you can fire up the chatty house and be part of it. Ask questions and we and we love uh, we love the interaction from you guys. Somebody somebody uh Sydney Dean said, Hey I'm just walking past Kyle back in time would be hilarious. That happened all of the time. That's funny. All the time. I saw I've seen you fifty times in my life. And I just never said hi. I told you the day I was going to finally work up the courage to introduce myself. Yes. And then you delivered the scorching hot Lonzo ball take. And I was like, all right, I'm backing off. I'm not going to be a part of this. <laughs> just in case he asked me my thoughts on Lonzo ball. I don't have any. <laughs> it's it's funny because like when I met the, when I was at the office, I would steal a baseball off of somebody's desk and flick the baseball up in the air. And, and I, it's what I would do at a sporting, when I work sporting goods. I would catch the baseball in the back of my fingers and like I sit yeah, there, yeah. I move the ball around sure. while I'm talking and everything else. I'm always like approachable. I like, I mean, most of the time I'm like doing calisthenics, keep it, trying to keep stretch. In mind, this is not you. It's me. <laughs> it's not, this is not, That's this funny. is not a you problem. All right. Uh, we got to hit a break. There's been so much talk about MVPs and things of that ilk in, in, I mean, in the NFL, of course, we've been in the Brock Purdy discussion since week five. In the NBA, now that we've hit that Christmas benchmark, now the NBA MVP conversation ramps up in earnest, and I think we're going to be talking about it a lot and and De'Aaron Fox's place in it. But I want to get out of the individuals, and I want to lay out criteria because I think it's different for everybody. So I want to talk about what makes a most valuable player, whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NFL. For me, it's different in each league, and I'll tell you why next. That's James and Kyle. We're the Insiders. We're hanging out with you till 2 on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Now, back to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Back in here on a Thursday, hanging out with you until 2 o'clock. That's James. I'm Kyle. A lot of MVP talk. Yeah. In this in this area. And I, I, I really think, so I'm I'm out. Uh, unless, unless Brock Purdy throws for 800 yards in the next two weeks and throws for six touchdowns in the next two weeks and the Niners go 2-0 and and they're the number one seed and Lamar Jackson... Um, stumbles. <clears throat> stumbles and has a terrible game and a loss to the Dolphins or something, which I don't think he will. I think Brock Purdy's kind of out. But 
I think Christian McCaffrey is still very much in the conversation. Uh, again, dependent on Lamar Jackson, who I think has the award right now. But I think this conversation is going to pick right up. It, so the, the MVP will be announced February 8th. And then I think right about that time, there will be a very earnest conversation about where Deer and Fox belongs in the MVP conversation. Okay. So I don't think this is going anywhere. But the question for me, because I think with the NBA and with the NFL, I, I think there's different criteria. It feels like to me. I think so too. And and if you want to throw Major League Baseball, mm. I think that, that there's also a different criteria there. Yeah. Because it's such a numbers-based world mm-hmm. that the best statistical guy, regardless of his team's win-loss, mm-hmm. typically wins in baseball. Mm-hmm. That's just not the case in the other sports. Yeah, yeah. Otani's been an MVP on terrible teams. Terrible. That would never happen in any other sport. No, but when a guy pushes for a triple crown, you know, Miguel Cabrera, like, was in MVP discussions all the time, Mm -hmm. whether Detroit was good or not. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, I think that there is weird criteria that for each individual sport that takes it a different way. So I, I was all about the idea of the award being who won the year. Like, I thought I was settling on that being my criteria. Where, hey, across sports, who was this season about? Aaron Judge winning it a couple years ago. The 2020, that was the 2022 season? The 2022 season was about Aaron Judge. 2021 season, I guess. 22, 21, whenever he hit the 60 homers. That was about that season was about Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. This last season was about Shohei Otani. Yep, like that is what that is when 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 Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double on a on a Thunder team that wasn't a top three seed. the The year was about Russell Westbrook, so th- th- that's that's what it is. But then I go back to the Derrick Rose 2010-2011 season, mm. where he won the MVP of the, in the NBA. And that season, that Bulls team was really good. I don't they they pushed LeBron and the Heat. Like I get I get all that. But I don't remember that season because of Derrick Rose. Like Derrick Rose won that year by that criteria. But LeBron James was very much the MVP of the league. And that's where my own criteria falters. Okay. Because I think that's a weird MVP that Derrick Rose now has. There's a lot of weird MVPs. Like if you go back through the history of, I yeah. mean, even like yeah. the Aaron Rodgers MVP a couple of years ago, that he like the the second one that he won the back to backs, mm-hmm. he didn't deserve the second one. I mean, Tom Brady was a far superior player. Yeah, which was almost like a complete anomaly, except for the fact that Green Bay, I believe, was the number one seed out of the NFC, and they're right there neck and neck with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. But the best player, it wasn't even close. And Tom Brady, like an aging, like an old man Tom Brady, put up 5,000 yards. One of his greatest seasons, if not his greatest season ever, statistically, and he didn't win the MVP. So I think sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it does, but I don't know. Tom Brady that year had 1,200 more passing yards, six more touchdowns, and eight more interceptions. Yeah. Man. He was a better player. That's wild. Well, I mean, it wasn't even close. Like, the statistics weren't even close. He had basically three more games where the statistics over Aaron Rodgers. Man. Yeah, so that's... So, <laughs> that's where I, I don't... I don't, like... 
last year, Joel Embiid won the MVP of the NBA last year mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, he openly lobbied for it all the time. He was asking to be the MVP. Yep. Two, there was this pushback against Nikola Jokic winning, and I saw this. I saw this discussion happen on TV, on the internet, on radio, on podcasts, whatever. There was this pushback against Nikola Jokic being one of the people who won three times in a row without winning a title in there. Oh, yeah. And there was this pushback of, well, hey, you can't be a three-time MVP without being a champion. And so there were people who didn't vote for him to win the award last year because he didn't have a title yet. And now all of a sudden he has one and he's oh right back there in the conversation again. My... My Such problem, a strange... Well, I get that, but my problem, too, is that you were going to give it to someone else who didn't have a title. Right. So it's right. not like you, but you just use that criteria. Yeah, but it's not like you use that criteria yeah. and were fair with your criteria. Right. Because you violated your own rule by giving it to somebody who also did not have a title. Right. Yeah. I, and that's... Well, and so, so that brings me to the MVP stuff in the NFL, because how many times has it changed hands since week 13? Going into week 13, it was Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. Then it was Brock Purdy. Yep. Oh, and then it was really Brock Purdy. And now it's Lamar Jackson. It's wild. And we're sitting here talking going, well, it depends on the next couple games. Well, that and uh, like you keep ignoring the, not you, but people yeah, yeah. out there keep ignoring the guy who has basically been consistent the entire time, which is Christian McCaffrey. Sure. And McCaffrey has... So many more yards than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like so, like what is he up? Four hundred rushing yards, three hundred yeah, he's, he's rushing way yards ahead of the field, way ahead. Yeah, and then he's got what twenty one, twenty two touchdowns mm-hmm. total. A combined yards he leads in, in in total yards on the season. Like what he's doing is is crazy. But again, the award now has shifted, and I know like the the conversation over the last couple of days. Really, like, I, I think Brock Purdy throwing four intercep- interceptions, he actually cost himself the MVP, but I think yeah. he also cost Christian McCaffrey the MVP. Because in him throwing four interceptions and the 49ers losing because mm-hmm. of those four interceptions, it shined this glaring light that you can't win without a quarterback, so the quarterback should be the MVP. Right. And Lamar was individually excellent in that same game. Well, of course, of yeah. course. But so was McCaffrey. But it yeah. totally got overshadowed by the fact that Brock Purdy threw four interceptions and they lost. Right. Well, and, and Lamar Jackson's individual brilliance led to the Ravens winning and Christian McCaffrey's is like, yeah, like you said yesterday, there's there's only so much impact a running back can have on a game, especially well, one that, that gets out of hand like that. But so many times this season, he's been the reason they yeah. won. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. You know, so I think it's it's interesting. A quarterback can cause you to lose a lot of times, mm-hmm. but a running back can be great all the time and you're going to ignore what he's doing. So here's the reason this even came up for me today. Because Steve Palazzolo from Pro Football Focus okay, tweeted, he does a great job, I think he's a smart football person, tweeted, uh, reminder to put Matthew Stafford in your MVP <sighs> discussions. <laughs> Matthew Stafford, who's been really good lately, and I'll get to that through week 10, had played nine games. He missed one in there against Green Bay. Through nine games, was completing 59% of his passes with nine touchdowns and eight interceptions and 2,300 yards, averaging 7.3 yards per attempt. Very pedestrian. Like, he's he was fine. 
But then, over the last few weeks, over the last, uh, what is this, five weeks, he's played in all five games. He's completing 67% of his throws with 14 touchdowns and one interception, and he's thrown for 1,400 yards. He's averaging 278 yards a game. Okay. Those are MVP caliber numbers, but the, the, this is the point. He's done this in the last five weeks of the year. Oh. So it's like the timing of it. If he had done this in the first five weeks, but put together the exact same rest of the season, nobody's saying, don't forget Matthew Stafford. But most valuable player is now a guy who's having a good end of the year for a team that's battling to make the playoffs. Mm. That doesn't work for me, man. No, especially I'm sorry, that does that that leave. I'm very comfortable leaving Matthew Stafford out of your MVP discussions. I, I totally agree, and I would also say that if you look at the numbers he's put up, it corresponds with Kyron Williams coming back. A <laughs> lot of those numbers, yeah, it corresponds with his running back being back, who is a star. Yeah, like he's it, really, really good. When he plays, they win. When he doesn't play, they lose. Yeah. But I think, I, and that gets that gets into the whole supporting cast discussion, and the reason that the people knock Brock Purdy, and that's fine. My 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 issue here is this is such a this is supposed to be a season long award, and mm. now we're trying to re- put Matthew Stafford in there. And Matthew Stafford has been really really good. I like Matthew Stafford very much. I am firmly in the Matthew Stafford has always been good camp. Okay, I have been there since he was in Detroit. That was a Detroit problem, not a Stafford problem. But you can very comfortably leave him out of your MVP discussions. Yeah. Because five good weeks at the end of a year does not an MVP make. No matter how no matter how good he is, man. Yeah. I, I I'm sorry. That's just not that's just not how it goes. I mean, the only way that happens is if some guy rattles off five like two hundred yard rushing games with like, you know, two or three touchdowns in each game and you're looking at like, holy cow, he just put up an entire season in Yeah. <laughs> sure. But sure. even that, I, I'm still like, eh, I'm a little leery on what just happened. Right. It, well, Brock Purdy last year, yeah, was in the rookie of the year discussion, but it was like, you know, dude, you can't win on five games. Yeah. Yeah. And now I can draft a guy who busts out like that in fantasy football for sure. Sure. All right. Excuse me. Let's continue this uh, football discussion with our guy Scott Colbranson. <clears throat> the Raiders had maybe my favorite win of the year across the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> on Sunday we're gonna uh, on Monday. It was on Monday. We're gonna talk to Scott about that, and then talk about kind of what's ahead for the Raiders because all of a sudden, I that win over the Chiefs makes things very, very interesting for them moving forward. We're gonna talk about that with Scott next on the Insider, sponsored by Jeffy Lube. You're listening to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty and ninety eight point five HD two, Sacramento Sports Leader. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. 10.30 on a Thursday. You know what time it is. It's time for Scott Branson, Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering all things Las Vegas Raiders. And you know, Scott, typically we spend more time looking ahead than we do looking back. <laughs> but I want to, I got to ask you about, about your thoughts on Monday's game because for me, just as a neutral observer, I thought that was maybe my favorite game of the year because I, I, I enjoy defensive football. I don't enjoy bad offensive football, like where it's the Raiders Vikings game was not my didn't love that. But like this was such a fun game and watching a team win an NFL game in 2023 without completing a pass after the first quarter was thrilling. I had so much fun watching it. What were your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. I listen on the offense. What they needed was the the MVP. They needed Matthew Stafford out there. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, <laughs> no, but but listen, I I think a couple things. I mean, you look at that game, and and you and if you if you just separated the stats out, and you said, how the heck did they win a game after not completing a pass after the first quarter? And it comes down to defense. And it, it, you know, I wrote a, a piece up on SportsNot.com that ran today about. The Raiders' defense, if you look at it now, and again, I cover the team, but I'm objective. I don't do it as a fan. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an objective observer, just like you guys are. And I look at it. Since week eight, this defense has been on fire, and this defense has gotten better and better. And it's one of the great stories in the NFL that hasn't been told yet because yeah. it's the Raiders, right? Nobody expected them to do anything. They fired their coach, their GM, all that jazz. And so you look at that, and because the Raiders have been so, such a mess for so long on defense – it's taking people, I think, some time to do it. But that's what happened. They just went in, and as Antonio Pierce said before the game last week, we got to go in and we got to punch him in the mouth. And that's what they did. They controlled the line of scrimmage. And Travis Kelsey, love his podcast. Him and his brother do a great podcast. But full of crap, they gifted the Raiders. Listen, all you got to do is watch the domination at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and that's why they didn't. Patrick Mahomes couldn't pass to anybody because he was under pressure, and uh, the, the young Raiders defensive backs did a great job excuse me, did a great job of covering the Chiefs receivers. I know they're not that good, but he couldn't get the ball downfield. So it was a nice win for the Raiders. And I think the fact that this team has found its identity through the defense is is one of the remarkable stories of the Antonio Pierce kind of uh, a switch in culture after he took over for Josh McDaniels. Yeah, Scott, I think there's something also that happened in this game that that helps the Raiders moving forward. Like uh, we've talked about how far they're sliding down as far as uh, the top 10, uh, their, their draft pick, right? Their, their draft pick is now like sliding to the middle of the first round and it could go a lot further mm-hmm. than that. But I think what happened in this game by Aiden O'Connell, not completing a pass in the second half, <laughs> it, but it separated 
Aiden O'Connell from from the head coaching job. So we we kind of had this dual thing going where you're testing out this this young quarterback, but at the same time you're testing out this head coach to see if he can do what he can do. But at some point, the head coach keeps having his defense get better and better and better, and this quarterback like realistically just fell apart in the second half, like what goes over 10 passing. And I think it, it clearly said, okay, we, there's a way for us to have two paths forward. One with Aiden mm-hmm. O'Connell as like a back quarterback, but one with Pierce as your head coach. Did you understand what I'm saying there? Oh, absolutely. And I a hundred percent agree with you. And that that's been my takeaway. James is the fact that, uh, and a lot of Raider fans like to fight with me. Oh, he's, he's only played nine games. No, listen, you can see what you can see. Aiden O'Connell's a good kid. He's a good backup quarterback. He's the kind of backup quarterback. Hey, if he stays with the Raiders for 10 years, great. He's the kind of guy who can come in. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody needs a a spot start for a game or two or whatever. You can win with him if he's on. He's got the right protection and so on. But he's not the franchise quarterback. So I, I think you're right there. And I think Antonio Pierce, the defense, because he's a defensive coach himself, Patrick Graham and him, they unleash this aggressive defensive scheme that they've not been able to do for whatever reason. And again, so much of what Josh McDaniels did and didn't do is beyond perplexing when you look at the success they've had doing what they're doing now. Uh, again, they they you look at five touchdown drives out of the last 37 against the Raiders' defense. That's pretty dang good, guys. And that tells yeah. me that it does go back to coaching. It goes back to what are you allowing your coaches, your team, and what are you doing with the talent you have, right? Because Raiders... We always talk about it on the show with you guys. They don't have top 10 defense talent, but now they're playing like it yeah. and they're getting performance out of players like Robert Spillane, who was just like, a, oh, okay, you find you signed Robert Spillane because you got no linebackers. Mm-hmm. He's a good stopgap, but he has a career year. So you look at that stuff and you say, yeah, look, the coaching and what's happened in this shift after the firing of McDaniels has really just uh, been pretty remarkable. Talking with Scott Cobranson, Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. You can get that on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. Um, he and his co-host Momo do a great job. Uh, Antonio Pierce has to be the guy now. That's that's my thought anyway. Like I feel like everything that they have that they have built and the foundation that they've built to me. He's a person that you can rally around and build around. Now I think that they have to put a very effective coaching staff around him. Um, but for me. Antonio Pierce has done everything he needs to do to be the head coach. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, barring some some two-game just ultra collapse, which I just don't see happening. Obviously, they're playing yeah. the Colts and now the Broncos, and you see what's going on with the Broncos. Oh, um, I, I, don't see, I don't see that happening, uh, but I, I do agree with you. At the same point, you know, we brought it up on our show that ran this morning, which was um, – Mo brought it up, which was, yes, he, does he deserve it? Yes. But what we don't know is if somebody I, – I, I can't even come up with a name, and I'm not going to use the, the the typical like Jim Harbaugh's and all that kind of stuff. But if somebody decides, hey, I'd like to throw my name in the hat for the Raider job, and it's somebody really compelling, Mark Davis has to say, okay, well, wait a minute. Yeah, Antonio, yeah. you've done everything you can do, and it's great turnaround, uh, but I got I to gotta at least think about this, right? But I think that the momentum – I mean, you'll have a fan revolt if they don't hire Antonio Pierce as the full-time head coach. Um, but he's really done everything I think you can do to do it. There's strong momentum uh, amongst media, amongst everybody who really would like to see him get the job. That said, there is risk with that, right? Yeah. So let's say Bill Belichick goes to L.A. and coaches the Chargers or Jim Harbaugh 
And then you got Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and then you have Antonio Pierce, never been a head coach before. So, again, I'm not saying he can't do it. He's done a great job so far. But with every coaching candidate, there are deltas and minuses, right? There, I mean, deltas and pluses. So so you have to look at that. But but I I think it would be a shocker. Uh, It would take somebody to come out of left field, I think, with a really huge name and a huge plan to, I think, uh, change the trajectory of where it's going. All right, we are listening to Scott Goldbranson here on ESPN 1320. Scott, um, when you look at where the the Raiders are heading right now, they've got two games here, two winnable games. Is, is there any conceivable way they get into the postseason? Or is that kind of like pie in the sky at this point? No, I mean, listen, two weeks ago I would have laughed. Um, I'm not laughing right now because you look at what's going on with the Raiders and the defense. Now, the offense, again, so inconsistent. So you know, if they play like they did against Kansas City on offense against Indianapolis, you, you don't know. The defense is all the pressures on the defense again. But you look at the Colts. The Colts are a mess on defense right now. And mm-hmm. so if there's a team that the Raiders could get healthy and, and maybe get some of the confidence back on offense, it could be the Colts. Uh, and so not only can they run the ball against the Colts, but they can pass the ball against the Colts. So if Aiden O'Connell can get it together, have a good game, be consistent, and they can be aggressive, then, boy, I, I like their chances in India on New Year's Eve. And then Denver at home, the last game of the season. Look what's happened with Denver right now. Uh, obviously, they're getting rid of Russell Wilson, and it's kind of a mess there uh, after they went on that nice little run during the season where they looked like they were going to be the hottest team in the NFL. So what's crazy about this, not only is there a shot, but the Raiders could win the AFC West if they win out and the Chiefs lose out. What? Go figure. Yes. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Would, now the man. Chiefs have to go the Chiefs have to go to Cincinnati and lose this week. And then uh I think they play I forgot who they played in the last game. Somebody somebody not great. But anyway, so it, the chances of that happening are, are pretty slim, but they're there. And so the chances of the Raiders making the playoffs, because just how crazy the AFC has been, they had a lot of help last weekend because they needed mm-hmm. help to your to your point. And they got a bunch of it last week. All the games that they needed to go their way went their way last week. Now, we'll see if that happens again this week. Uh, but clearly, you know, I think for them, though, it's it's really not even about making the playoffs. It's more about can they finish strong. If they could win the final two and go out uh, on, on a three-game uh, winning streak like that, a four-game winning streak, boy, I mean, that solidifies the coaching position. And I think it just sets the Raiders up for a different kind of offseason, different type of mentality. Hey, talking with Scott Branson, Silver and Black today. Um, the Chiefs have lost four out of six. They have Cincinnati at home this week. Cincinnati's not an easy out, and then they got to go to the Chargers on Jan seven. That's what it is. L.A. Yeah, I, Austin. Uh, I'm not, Easton Stick has to. I, I, I'm not. I'm not ready to just pencil in W's for the Chiefs right now, man. They're really struggling. No, man. No, I, I that's need what's to, wild about it. I'm not rooting for this. I care about this so much. <laughs> I really want this to happen. I think that's the only way forward, though, right? Is if they win, they win the AFC West. Because I'm looking at like one, two, uh, five teams above them at eight and seven with two games left. That's not easy to get through. No, yeah, no. They would have to get. They would have to have uh, a bunch of upsets happen, and upsets do happen but not five, right? So, yeah. I mean, very rarely are you going to see that. It would take a lot of help to get there, too. Yeah, so so all they can do is win out and and see where the chips fall. Man. Hey, has there been a player this year for for the Raiders who has made an impact that you didn't really have on your radar to start the year? Yeah, I mean, you got to look at Malcolm Kuntz at defensive end because mm. uh, he, he's a player everyone's sort of been watching. He's in his third year. 
and and you saw flashes here and there. He didn't get a lot of playing time. The, the Raiders go out and draft Tyree Wilson number seven because they want the other bookend to Max Crosby. And Malcolm Kuntz, over, since, since, since Pierce took over, guys, here's a guy who had two career sacks coming into the year. He has seven, okay, since Pierce took over. Mm. So he's done that, and him and Max Crosby, I think they found their other defensive end. Uh, and now they can use Wilson more as a hybrid, moving him inside and outside, depending on the down. So I think Malcolm Kuntz has, has just played himself uh, out of his head, and he's done so well and really answered that. If he can continue that through the next two games, going into next offseason, you got to look at him as the default starter unless something crazy happens or if they draft somebody else. But to me, Malcolm Kuntz, boy, he has really uh, just generated a, a, a lot of buzz for himself and proven – that when the Raiders do have a, a, a pressure from both sides, that they're actually they can be a good defense, and that's he's been a big catalyst for how well this defense is done. That is Scott Colbranson. You can find his work uh, at Silver and Black today. You can find that on the Free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is an <clears throat> easy for me to say. It is an <laughs> Odyssey original podcast. Uh, Scott's with us each and every Thursday at ten thirty, uh, right here on the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Loop. Scott, thanks so much, man. Gentlemen, have a great uh, New Year's Eve, and we'll see you in the, uh, next year, right? Yeah, next yeah, year. There we definitely. go. Definitely. All right. Talk to you next Take week. Care, Thanks, guys. Scott. See you. Bye-bye. Yeah, man. The fact that we're sitting here on December 28th, and no, I don't, I wouldn't bet on the Raiders to win the AFC West, but the fact that it's a, like, A, they need these two things to go their way. Yeah. They need to win two and have the Chiefs lose. And that it's not, as I think it's a long shot, but that it's not impossible. Wow. I think we could get to the final game of the season and it will matter. Would it would it I would not be stunned at all if Cincinnati went into Kansas City mm-hmm. and won. No, I wouldn't. That either. would not even with Sacramento legend Jake Browning at quarterback. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs are a mess. They're a disaster. You know, I and think... the vibes are bad. That's that's the thing is like the Chiefs are still good. Their defense is really good. Patrick yeah. Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid's still in it, all that. But the vibes are just so bad. They are bad. Yeah. And I, I, I'd also point out, Kyle, that I don't always like the commentary that we're hearing like during games, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't remember. Was it Romo that was doing that game? Um, the the Chiefs and Raiders game. I forget, but go on. I, I believe it was Romo. Whoever it was, it was a quarterback. And the way that he was able to describe what – it's not just the drops that some of these young receivers are doing. It's their inability to recognize basic stuff that their progression as receivers just isn't there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, like in in crucial moments of a game, you don't go to a young receiver because he might do, you know, something very subtle that we Mm -hmm. as like football watchers don't understand. Mm -hmm. But as someone who's, who's been a quarterback, you understand that like he, I think it was uh, it was Rice who should have stopped and and turned around for a pass and yeah. instead extended out and he he got Mahomes in trouble because yeah. of his inability to run the correct yeah. read the route correctly mm-hmm. right so it's not just the drops that are happening it's the inexperience and the just lack of talent mm-hmm. that is really hurting Mahomes' ability to to be Mahomes and yeah. it, to me it's really strange well and that's that's well two things on that one. Chris Sims on This Is Football with Kevin Clark mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> talked about an interception he threw in college 
where and I thought this is such a fascinating way to to look at this because you'll see broadcasters do that a lot. It was it was Jim Nance and Tony Romo on that on that call. Yeah. But there was a an interception that Brock Purdy threw a couple of weeks ago where Brandon Ayuk didn't he was expecting Ayuk to stop and turn or stop and go in versus stopping and turning around and so he threw it, you know, a yard to his right and he had to dive for it and then he gets picked. Chris Sims talked about in college this interception he threw where there was pressure in his face and he knew that his tight end was running it out. And so he threw it to where that tight end was going to be, but the tight end didn't get out of his break aggressively enough to get to the spot. And then it becomes a pick six. Yeah. And that's the like little like subtle things that, like you're saying, when you have an inexperienced receiver group or you don't have that rapport with the receivers and the quarterback, you get into a lot of trouble. And that's beyond the drop problems. That's why... Like the drop problems, you figure, okay, that that'll work itself out. They'll be fine. But when it is week 16, 17, and you're still not on the same page with your receivers, I don't love your chances to be there by January. Yeah, it's tough too. And I mean, Rice on the season, he's got 74 catches uh, for 811 yards. He's got seven touchdowns. He's also, he's got 96 targets for 74 catches. Like that's really good. He's developing. He's yeah. growing, mm-hmm. and Mahomes is creating a running a, a wide receiver. There, you can see it. Mm-hmm. He's developing one, mm-hmm. but you can't have five of them that you're developing at a time, yeah. and and then some of them who just just can't do the job. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. And who also just don't have the respect of the officials, and you know we've seen that as a problem as well. Like the uh, the deep ball to uh, that we've seen MVS, from yeah, yeah Valdez Scantling that you know he just. He gets tackled, but no one calls anything because, like, there's no respect. Yeah, Tyree Kill's getting a flag there. Oh yeah, Tyree Kill, yeah. uh, Devonte Adams, like, uh, like name that wide receiver. They're getting that call. Mm-hmm. He's not because he's just not of that ilk. Yeah. And so I, I think it's a lot of things that are adding up. But you see the frustration. The frustration's nuts. Hey, <laughs> we talked about this briefly with Scott. This Russell Wilson stuff in Denver is Wild. insane. Wild. So here's been the timeline on the reporting. First, it was reported that he was being benched because there is an injury guarantee in his contract that guarantees an additional like $37 million on top of his $38 million that he's already due that would fully guarantee another $37 million if he can't pass a physical in March. So originally it was reported that the Broncos are benching him because they don't want to have to deal with this injury guarantee potentially next offseason. Mm-hmm. Then it was reported by Adam Schefter, and this is what what Sean Payton has said publicly that the Broncos are looking to spark their offense Mm. with the great Jared Stidham Raiders legend. Yeah. Who lit up the 49ers last year, by the way, you'll remember. And then it was reported by Diana Rossini and the athletic that Wilson is expecting to be cut by the Broncos in March. And that's why they're benching him because they don't want that injury guarantee so they can cut him for as, you know, quote-unquote, little as money as possible in March. But as little money as possible, isn't it like $86 million over it two years? It is going to be so much money to cut him. So much money. 
but the fact that they brought in Sean Payton to develop Russell Wilson and to say, hey, the Nathaniel Hackett thing didn't work out. They hired Nathaniel Hackett because they thought they were going to be getting Aaron Rodgers, and they didn't. So then they go get Russell Wilson. And they're like, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett's going to work with Russell Wilson. It didn't work. So then they say, all right, Sean Payton. Sean Payton made it work with Drew Brees. They got these offensive weapons. Here we go. Sean Payton, get in here. And then Sean Payton treated Russell Wilson like a quarterback. Russell Wilson didn't like it. And Russell Wilson, frankly, is a shell of himself. Like that that backyard ball that made him so good for so long and that will probably make him a Hall of Famer, it's it, it just not there anymore. He's just not the same quarterback. And I don't think that's a function of the offense. I think it's a function of his skill set at this point. And so Sean Payton's looking at it and going, hey, man, like I don't have a ton of years left as an NFL head coach. Let's launch this project into the sun so we can move on to something else. We're going to get two games from Jared Stidham so we can see what we've got and then plan accordingly. They traded for Russell Wilson last year. Yes. And then paid him a bajillion dollars. And now he is expecting to be cut after two seasons? They still owe picks, I'm sure. I, I They probably still owe a few picks. I, like, don't, oh. I don't think they still owe picks, but he just started. Oh, no. Really? We're not going to... This sucks. My website that I use for this is not working. Um, he just started a five-year contract worth up to $245 million with $124 million fully guaranteed. That just kicked in. Mm. If they cut him, if they designate him as a post-June 1 cut for next year, they will carry $18.4 million in dead money next season. The season after that, the season after that, and then 8.4 in 2027 and 4.4 in 2028. Holy cow. Next year, they will save just $17 million against the cap. And that's if they designate him as a post-June 1 cut, which I'm sure they would. If they cut him pre-June 1, uh, wait, hang on. I'm sorry, I had that wrong. That was a trade. If they cut him, he is. they save $0 against the cap next year. $35.4 million in dead money. Then it's 18.4 the next year, the 18.4 after that, then 8.4, then 4.4. Oh my goodness. And that's if they cut him post June 1. It is nuts that they cut him before June 1st. He's like a franchise killer. Yeah. I mean, if they cut him before June yeesh. 1st, it is $85 million in dead money on top of another $49.6 million against the cap. Oh. Then the next year, it's 49.6 in dead money. So in 2025, if the Broncos cut Russell Wilson before June 1, which is probably when they would like to do it, okay, it would be $49.6 million just in dead money in 2025. Oh. That's $50 million against a cap they can't use. That's a quarter of your cap. That's a right about, yeah. That is a That's elite wild. quarterback worth of money. Then in 2026, 31.2, then 12.8, then 4.4. Like, it is a catastrophe Yes, to cut him. I, it's almost like, why don't you just stick with him? Like, I, I, like you don't have a better option. I don't know. Like, I, that's, that's the fascinating part of this, is it's like, does he, does he, or I, I should put some of this on Sean Payton, does one of those two just suck so bad that they're like, I can't work with this guy? Is it that bad that Russell Wilson's just like, you know? I wonder what he's where he's going to land and how much money he'll make off of that deal. He could just, like, 
I don't think he's going away. Yeah, I think I think there's still he's 35. And I think there's still there's definitely a team out there that would be like, yeah, let's get Russell Wilson in here. I mean, the Jets have had so much success with Wilsons that they <laughs> should just go there. Stop. Just like, sorry, Aaron Rodgers. We know Could that Mr. See, Miyagi healed you. I could see but, Josh Harris, Washington's new owner, yeah, being like, that's the splash we need to make. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's man. like the, the video where you see someone run out onto a lake and off a dock and do a cannonball, but the lake is frozen. Oh, that's what that's like. Yeah. That's like, bonk. And this is oh, like... Sorry about that. Man, you think the 49ers messed up with Trey Lance and they did? Mm-hmm. This is so much worse. Because they gave up draft capital. They gave up players. They paid him a billion dollars. It was like a first, a second, a fifth, and a first, and a third. I think that's what they gave up. It was a up. lot of picks. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, Man. Yikes, Tough to be Kyle. the Broncos right now. Yeah, let's ride. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if their plan is to just cut him and then build around... You know, in the in the meantime, try and get a cheap quarterback and basically be paying Russell Wilson, but have a cheap quarterback who's good. I've not a spot I would want to be in if I was building a team at all. No. All right, that's the first hour. Not great. The Kings have fallen in ESPN's power rankings, but just how far did they fall? We'll talk about it next on the Insider Spot. <laughs> no, but for real, the Kings dropped a little bit in the ESPN power rankings. Uh, we'll talk about where they're at and then just how they stack up with some of the teams in front of them as they uh, continue their quest to become a title contender in the NBA. That's coming up next on the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. You're listening to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 